Places, places, we've got a show to make here. Is Chris ready? Yes. Okay, everyone, in three, two, one, and... Coming to you live from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's the Great Movie Radio Show, a movie talk podcast starring Chris Schneider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Great Movie Radio Show. This is Chris Schneider coming to you from good old Orlando, Florida. We've got my special guest, Dexter, here, my dog. And so if you hear clickety-clacks or whines or anything, he is talking about movies in his own special language because that's just what he likes to do in his spare time. Our real guest today is someone I haven't seen in a while since we sat down uh, to do this. We go back to Great Movie Ride. So this is very special for me. A good friend of mine, Tracy Fox, is here with us. Hello! Uh, Tracy was not only someone who would take you through the movies, but she would also maybe appear as a gangster or bandit yes. on the ride at times. You were a bandit, right? Do I, I was. Yeah, I was going to say, yes. you were bandit trained. It was always a, a fun time when Tracy Fox was working, and uh, I can never say her name just Tracy. It has to be Tracy Fox or else it's not her. It's so, all one word. It's all one word, Tracy Fox. It's great having you here, and I appreciate you coming to do the show. I'm very um, excited to be here. Yeah, I, I remember when I, I put out that this was becoming a thing, and you were like, I want in immediately. I think you were the first person to kind of like grab at the straws and be like, yes, please. And I was like, okay, we, I may be on to something if Tracy's in, and <laughs> we're doing something good. So hopefully we are, and this isn't it. We are going to do what's called Around the Track. So when I asked you about certain movies and genres, we could visit those and kind of, in the eyes of your favorites, recreate the great movie ride. And it's not like we're, we're taking away from. We're, it's like a spiritual successor. It's like your own version. What you An updated version. We would go through the ride and saw these movies that were there. We gained an appreciation for the, the movies that we saw every day over and over and over again. At the same time, we'd go home, and because of the movies we see on the ride, it would kind of entice us to branch out and try something similar. And so a lot of us may have gained new favorites or new opportunities to see films that we had not seen previously because of working on the ride. And that kind of creates in the mind's eye our own image of what Movie Ride was. Yes. And I... That was, that was the idea with this, was taking everyone's favorites and creating in their image what they saw in the ride or or kind of like what they would like to see added or their own version and that, that, that's the that's the the fun with this is we just get to have our own spiritual successor to what the ride was and what the ride could have been if it continued i do have to say there was a lot of movies in that ride before i worked there that i had never seen before and so upon working there it was really i guess eye-opening upon actually watching the films because it gave me a greater appreciation for older films not to say that I wasn't a fan of older films before because I had enjoyed watching classic films just seeing different musicals and and different gangster films or westerns most of them I had never seen uh, before working at the ride and then once I did start working at the ride then I wanted to see all the films to kind of see like why these ones were chosen to be 
put into the ride itself. I was I was the same way to an extent. I grew up my grandmother, my both both my grandparents really. They watched they actually watched Turner Classic movies back when it was it was just Turner Classics for a while, I think, before it became TCM Turner Classic movies. And I you know, I was born in 85. They watched that with me growing up and I'd be like, "Oh, girl, has got her boring movie on again. I don't want to watch this." And you know, as I got older and older, the interest started to peak more because, you know, this is all she watches for the most part. There must be something here. And I think that kind of helped me develop the love for the older movies. And then, of course, you know, growing up and, and getting uh, the job at Disney and working at Movie Ride and, and seeing the magic and, and seeing the appeal and seeing all these people come through and ride their eyes open to, you know, different avenues than they're used to in, in film, it just kind of clicked. And Agreed. you got it. That was what made the ride special to me multi-generational exactly so same thing with me my grandpa huge um john wayne fan nice. so we uh used to sit down when i was a kid and we would watch he always had a john wayne movie on anytime we would go over to his house <laughs> and kind of got started watching old movies through john wayne and then we had a movie store in our town that used to have the old vhs's of shirley temple And so we would go in there and I would rent the Shirley Temple movies and watch like Curly Top or um, some of her other films like Rebecca of the Sunnybrook Farm and get kind of taken to a different time when things were simpler and easier. And I really enjoyed watching those. And then when I came to Disney and started working at Disney, um, Movie Ride was one of my favorite rides before I started working there and when I got the chance to work there it made me fall in love with older films even more. I actually when I got there I started in a different park and I got the transfer notice that I was getting moved to studios and attractions and I thought I was going to go work at Star Tours. Which would have been your mecca. Which I eventually went there Mm -hmm. after Movie Ride which was great because you know I'm a Star Wars fan huge Star Wars fan but I was being told no we're actually taking you to Great Movie Ride. I was nervous excited, scared, and over the over the moon about it because I, you know, I, I've dealt with anxiety for a long time. I had a thing about speaking in front of people, especially large groups of people. It can be very nerve-wracking. It yes. can be, especially when you do three or five shows in a row because of the rotations and, and especially at the end of the day, you're kind of stuck on one for a while. There would be days where I'd go in and I felt like I could just I could do anything. And then there were days where I went in and I felt like this is too much. I can't take this. Nursing cough drops all day just to keep my voice. It, it, it was it was a very weird time because I, I wanted to love the ride as much as my heart wanted to. But there were just parts of it that kind of... Were draining? It drained me. It yeah. drained me. And that's why I ultimately left was it just it drained me as a person. And I, I still loved it. And I could you could tell my tell anybody you know, the last day I rode it five or six times. The spirit of what the ride was, I, I will never let it go. Never. So what we're going to do is we're going to take your favorites and go around the track in our own way. I don't know how well some of my favorites are going to fit into (laughs) the ride, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, yeah, that was great. It was episode one with Joe. We actually, it wasn't planned. It kind of worked out this way. We were just going to talk about them. And then the question, what scene would you put on the ride, happened, and it just took off. And I'm like, I love this because we get to use our imagination. And it's a little tough because some of these movies... I might not have seen, so I don't know exactly what you're you're talking about. But at the same time, 
you might not have seen some of these movies in a long time either. So it's like, what scene? I haven't seen this in like 10 years. What would I do? Exactly. So, but that's the fun of it. We get to have a little fun. We're going to start with your, your favorite movie first, which Tom Hanks, Madonna. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Gina Davis. Gina Davis. It's a great cast, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so I probably sound like a fool talking about it. Uh, a League of Their Own. Yes. It is my favorite film. I, I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, so honestly, I would watch anything that he's in because he's going to do very good work, and him, you know, pairing with Penny Marshall and making mm-hmm. this movie, and I'm a huge, I grew up playing um, baseball in the backyard and softball, and so this one was kind of like it hit home. N- near and dear to my heart. Um, and so, and it's so quotable. There's so many lines in there. Well, the big one is there's no crying in baseball. Of course, yes, yes. Exactly. Which is the only one I remember because I haven't seen it in so long. But I, I, I do, I do remember there being a lot of one-liners. And and you're correct about Tom Hanks, in my opinion. I, I love everything he's done because he, he gets so he's a different person in all his movies. He's yet very you can versatile. still you can still identify Tom Hanks like when he's, he was just Mr. Rogers, he's been Walt Disney, mm-hmm. he's stuck on an island with a volleyball. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yes. He's been a Bridge of Spies was fantastic too. I don't know if you saw that with I him and Mark Rylance. Wonderful. I've heard film. good things about it. Oh, Rylance. Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yes. my it's my grandfather's favorite when he was around. He is just this versatile actor that really dives into his roles and I appreciate that about him. Mm-hmm. So he plays a great lush in this movie. He does. He is basically a bona fide washed up baseball player that is a drunk and he's coaching them, is that right? If I remember correctly. Yes, he's given this opportunity by um, Mr. Harvey of Harvey Chocolate Bars to like coach the all American girls professional baseball league. That's not at all in ties to Hershey's chocolate bars, by the way. I'm it, sure there was no Yes. No purpose. There, there had to have been exactly, <laughs> but at the same time, he's um, offered the job of coaching him, and he thinks it's pretty much a joke. But you know, Mr. Harvey thinks that he's pretty much a joke, and he's trying to give him another opportunity to, uh, I guess, make it big. So he ends up coaching um, the Rockford Peaches. He doesn't really do much of coaching at all. So, <laughs> yes, but it's one of my favorites for sure. And like you said before, there's many quotable moments in that movie, but even just the storyline of women can do just about anything that a man can do is... Yeah, no, and that's that's a great story for it. Look how far we've come since then, yeah. where we're going. So we are officially getting on the track, and we're going into musical. I haven't seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers <gasps> in a long time. In a long time. Oh, okay, I thought you had I seen know. it before. You were like, <gasps> no, it was one of my grandmother's favorites. Like, okay. I think her church, she was in a Methodist church play drama group, and she did, like, My Fair Lady, Fiddler on the Roof. I want to say they did Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, like, okay. 70 million times. So I have seen it in some sort of fashion. I know okay, I've seen good. the movie. It's been probably since I was a toddler. Okay. But uh, 1954 with Jane Powell. Yes, um, and Howard Keel. It's one of those movies that stuck with you musically, of course. Yes, and, and it also has one of, they said, oh, I can't remember who told me this, but it has one of the most technologically advanced dance sequences, basically challenging dance sequences of all time when they're at the um, barn raising, and they go to town and have all these different jumping sequences and dancing sequences. I vaguely remember and, all that, too, because aren't they, like, jumping on tables, and everyone's yes. twirling, and everyone's dancing yes. around? Yeah, I, very, I, very challenging to film all that. Took a lot of moving 
parts and a lot of moving pieces and a they lot had to have of done, different, yeah. obviously, characters in the movie that were included in it. So And they had to be like ready to go, too, because they're having FaceTime, dancing, doing yes. all this strategic dance work, yes. plus the sets moving around. I can't to, imagine to make the how long work. it took to film that. It was probably quite some time. So. It had to have been. With that, what uh, do you have a scene that would go there? Would it be the, the dancing sequence that you just mentioned? Would that, yeah, that seems I, to be the most iconic of the movie. I could see, yes. I think that would be probably the one that I would, I would put in there, just because you could throw in some cool audio animatronics and have them like dosey doing and spinning <laughs> around and all that. So I think that would make it we definitely the, interesting. We could put the bubbles back there too. Yes. <laughs> With their hands raised. With their hands oh, raised bubbles. Yeah. Since Musical had a couple, you know, of course we had Footlight Parade, we had Singing in the Rain, Mary Poppins. We'll dive into another one of yours too, uh, The Sound of Music. Yes. I can see her on a hill, like, yeah. with singing the hills are alive, and, like, spinning around as her little... We'll have you do the yes. voice, because you just nailed it right there, too. So. Uh, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> you, no. went, you went for it. Yes. No, I. Uh, that's another one my, my grandmother grew up loving, and um, I saw that plenty of times on TV. Yep. That's and, my mom's first movie that she ever saw with Julie Andrews, in the right? theaters. Yes, and so it has a very special place in my mom's heart, because... You know, my mom was one of eight children, and it was not very often that they got to go to the theaters. And then it was not very often that they got one-on-one time with their parents. So, like, it was just her and my grandma. They got to go see that movie together, and it was very special. So she kind of passed that along to us, the importance of that wonderful movie. And it's Julie Andrews. Like, she's an icon, man. I just love her to pieces, so. I, uh... I need to go back and watch that. And then what's great is I, I told Joe when we were doing episode one and two that his list, some of them, like he hit a lot of anime stuff and things I'd never seen. I was like, I'm going to have to go watch these. So I'm holding on to everyone's list and like, which one have I not seen in forever? Which one have I never seen? And I'm trying to compile go a list. back. Oh, man, I'm going to. I'm going to be busy watching movies for a while. You're going to need to, like, barricade yourself for a whole month. <laughs> I'll just take a month off work. Yep. And just watch movies. It's perfect. It is perfect. So we're going through the doors, and we come into... I, mean, I guess you could keep some sort of alley there. It's been a while since I've watched this movie. But Scorsese is a huge, huge factor into modern-day mob movies. Yes. He's been doing it since, like, pretty much the 70s when he started out with Mean Streets, man. Mean Streets is one I still haven't seen. It's good, but I, it's... I, a, party, a buddy at work tells me it's his best and I need to see it. And, of, of course, I've seen The Departed. I've seen Goodfellas. Uh, I just watched The Irishman, and that was phenomenal. Uh, long movie, but it was great. But I the, didn't know he directed that. He did, yeah, and it's the first time he's worked with Al Pacino, which is surprising. You would think... Pacino, De Niro, and Pesci, they've had to have worked together with Scorsese before. De Niro and, and Pesci have. Pacino hasn't. That's Which I didn't even think. I was like, oh, he's worked with him. Yes. No. Because you, so. when you think of mob, you think of Pacino. He's one of, like, I guess, the perfect portrayers of, oh, yeah. like, that dark well, mob of, life because of Godfather, but right. also because of Scarface. Scarface, yeah. But The Departed is your favorite mob movie of all time, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, Goodfellas is your number two. I, I don't blame you at all. It's a wonderful film, but I think he took a really big step up with with The Departed. And I, and I love the cast, too. I uh-huh. mean, you have Leo, you have Mark Wahlberg, you have Matt Damon, you have Jack Nicholson. Yes. God, it was just this whole yes. twist of a story that things aren't what they seem. just didn't see it coming. Exactly, yes. exactly. When I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, completely 
shocked as to where the story went. You know what I mean? And we're, we're being as non-descriptive as possible with this because I'm sure a lot of people have seen The Party, but if you haven't, nothing needs want to, to be spoiled. We don't want to ruin it. I can't spoil a thing for this movie. Yes. Because it is just so good. Yes. Such a good film. The first time I saw it, I sat there for a good maybe 10 minutes after it was done, kind of with my jaw to the floor. Like, what did, just happened? Like, what just happened? What did I... Where, who? Where am I? I had to, like, re... Refigure out who I was as a person. <laughs> was I was I just born? <laughs> Have I been sitting here for years? He's a master storyteller, he's and he's done great movies since then. And, you know, with the Aviator, uh, Hugo was a great movie he did because it, it still captured the essence that he loves to do with art cinema. But also, it was one that he said, "I make all these movies with murder and killings. My kids can't watch them. I want to make one that they can watch." So he did Hugo, and I love that movie a lot because it touches uh, George Millier's uh, trip to the moon which is a great film from the early 1900s of course he's done wolf of wall street irishman which if you haven't seen highly recommend it very good film i've heard very good things about it yes and scorsese if you if you want a movie done right in that mentality you definitely get got to dial up scorsese he's had some great projects do you have a scene off the top of your head that you could put from The Departed and put in the ride? or No, not that I can think of. It's just, I think it's just the story itself is so compelling, but I can't think of anything that's that would be super iconic that would be along the lines of basically James Cagney up, up against the door, you know, with him talking at the Red Oak Social Club. Like, I can't, there's nothing I can say that would kind of compare it to yeah, Cagney in the ride. You know, it's a tough, it's a tough cookie to dissect and put something there. I, yeah, I have a hard time thinking of what I could put there too, especially if you're going to incorporate a shootout and and multiple characters being involved. And yeah, it's a, it's a really hard one to put out there. So we'll just make you watch the movie and kind of figure it out for yourself. Yes, we don't yeah. want to ruin anything. We don't. So we want you to be just as shocked as we were. We have come through the doors into our western area. Tumbleweeds are moving and. The wind is blowing, and we're keeping John Wayne. I Again! Love John Wayne! I, I feel that every time He's so we do iconic. this, he is. Yes. He is. And it's either him or Eastwood. Yes. And we, we both were there. Yes. So we're getting to keep John Wayne, which is great. And uh, McClintock. Yes. That was, uh, now, most people have never seen McClintock. I am one. Yes. And I... that's, that's normal because it's not like you're. It's not your typical John Wayne movie. So for those of you who have never seen McClintock, which is probably about 95% of the population, um, basically it's him with his classic pair-up of Maureen O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Um, they did quite a few movies together, actually. And this was later on in his career. That yeah, he, it was 63. Yeah, that he made this movie. So almost probably to the end of his career roughly and the storyline of basically McClintock is he is a ranch owner him and Marino Sullivan are did I just say Marino Sullivan you did say Marino Sullivan <laughs> Marino hair um are married but one of those Marino ladies I know I, you say it so long Marino Sullivan <laughs> yeah it, it, it just comes out naturally there. oh hello Anyways. our doll uh our, our friend Dexter is here hello Dexter yes you're on the podcast buddy yes with his clickety clack don't come back and his snooping into everything he's got to be a part yes. of this 
Yes. Um, he hasn't seen McClintock either. No, so you know. it's quite entertaining. Anyways, <laughs> John Wayne marries Maureen O'Hara. They are very spitfire type people. Both are very strong-willed. They end up having a daughter. They are two opposite people. They fight a lot. And then she leaves and basically goes to Boston and raises the daughter in Boston. Well, daughter's coming back into town with the mom and obviously... Oh. Things fly. What is what's the word I'm looking for? Sparks fly. That's the word oh, I'm looking it. for. Yeah. Sparks fly, and the rest is kind of history, I guess you could say. It, there's very entertaining. There's a very entertaining scene where uh, she uh, is down to her undergarments and running around the town, and it's quite quite with him chasing after her. Sparks so. fly, all right. Yes. There exactly. you go. So. Which would explain why there's an exclamation point. Yes. On the title. McClintock! Yes. Exactly. It's got to be there, so there's excitement going on. Yes, so. And yeah, I, I haven't seen that one, but I, I've seen I've seen the name. I've, I've, I've heard anytime John Wayne's brought up, I, that name flies around a lot. Mm-hmm. I love how the poster says, Wallops the daylights out of every western you've ever seen. And he's on it, banking her with the undergarments you were just speaking. So exactly. it's very, uh... Yes. Huh. Yes. It's entertaining to say the least. Quite comical. There you go. Yeah, that will have to be one I check out. Is there a particular scene? So the scene I was telling you about where she literally... Running around town. She Yes, she's in her... The equivalent of her corset and her her smalls, I think they're called. Yeah. And she's running... It's a town fair and she's running around and he finally lets it rip. He's tired of how she's talking to him and... And so he, she's trying to run from him because she knows that he's mad and uh, he's chasing her while she's wearing her, we should, her undergarments. We should make this fun because this sounds like a fun moment. Yes. She's trying to run away. Yes. Right? Have her yes. take the ride. So it would be like the pirate scene where like they're running around with the chick, like yeah. the woman and, is chasing the chicken. Yeah. You could have something like that. And, no, and let's have her scene. take the vehicle. Oh, that would be entertaining. Let's have her take the vehicle to run out of town, and then she just goes into this whole other world that she wasn't expecting. Yes, so no Kate Durango. We can just have... We could have her in her undergarments <laughs> taking the ride. Hijacking the vehicle. <laughs> trying to, trying to get away from you costuming? Oh, yes. I have to pick up my undergarments for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's pretty great. That would no, be quite comical. That would be, yeah. And that, I ripped my undergarments! I need to go to costuming! Yeah, right? I, I think that would be great, too, because you could have, like, John Wayne kind of like, No, don't go! And she's like, you know, whatever she yes. says in the movie, and takes the ride. And he's so, coming after her. So we're going to go to the bandit route this round. Mm-hmm. We were kind of thinking gangster, but since this is working out better, I think... Wait, what's that? Yeah, well, look a here. We sure do hope you're enjoying this episode of the Great Movie Radio Show, starring my old partner, Chris Schneider. Don't none of y'all move while we's on this break. We'll be back in just a moment. Warning, remain on this podcast. The advertisement you are experiencing is extremely dangerous. Proceed with caution. Hey, Chris here. Wanting to talk to you about the Tower Arcade and Lounge, located at the Citrus Tower in Claremont, Florida. The Tower Arcade and Lounge is a newly opened retro arcade and bar. For a small cover, visitors can enjoy unlimited free play on more than 30 games, such as Centipede, Area 51, Donkey Kong, 
favorite of mine, Pac-Man. They have many other classic arcade games as well. Mechanical games such as pinball, hoops, crane and skill prize games are on old school quarters. They have a great selection of beer and wine, wine-based liquors and sodas. Snacks are available to reduce price because of the cover charge. Every Thursday night is Hospitality Night with a 10% off discount with employee ID. Visit the Tower Arcade Lounge on Facebook or their website, www.towerarcade.com. Or find them on Instagram with hashtag TowerArcadeCT. The Tower Arcade and Lounge. Tell them Chris from the GMR Show sent you. So we are looking at opportunities for networking and cross-promoting uh, our podcast with maybe some local businesses or an online business that would like an opportunity to get their product out there. If you feel like you would like to take advantage of this unique opportunity, shoot us an email at thegmrshow at gmail.com. We're looking at businesses to uh, advertise maybe 30 to 45 seconds worth and be featured here on the show and on our website as well. Again, if you're interested, you can email us at thegmrshow at gmail.com. And we'll make sure our people contacts your people. Show starring Chris Snyder, which means you hit the mother load. Don't forget to stake your claim by hitting that subscribe button so you don't miss another great episode of this Movie Talk podcast. See you on the trail. We've been taken by a strange lady in undergarments, and we're coming into science fiction. Yes. And this is getting entertaining now. This is, see, this is this is exactly what I was I was wanting from this is is talking about these films, and even though I have no idea what to talk about with McClintock, this one I definitely do. And it's a ride. It's already a ride on its own, mm-hmm. and it's such a good ride. E.T. is your favorite science fiction film. Love it. So we get to come in to. I feel weird. It could because be very similar to what it currently is. I was gonna there. say it's 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 almost like it's already been done for us. If you've ridden ET the ride, and it is very simple and a, a very old school ride, and also silly in its own right. I love the fact that they take the uh, the cards and have you put your name, and then ET like tells like says all seventy different names at once, and, and it sounds sound like very robotic. one jumbled one jumbled name like uh-huh. Bob Ridge Jane Curtis Bob person. It's it's such a great film. I remember seeing it for the first time when I was a child. It terrified me. I was scared. Yeah, yes. I was. I couldn't watch it. The guys in the suits when the scene when when ET is like I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but at this there's a scene where obviously their home becomes taken over mm. by FBI agents and they're all wearing the equivalent of hazmat suits. And just seeing them look over E.T. and their heavy breathing and, like, all their tools that they have and looking at him on a table like he is basically this scary monster. It was terrifying to see that as a little kid, you know? It was the part with the closet that scared me when he had, like, all the clothes covering and he, like, screamed at Elliot. That, oh. that scared the bejesus out of me when I was a child. Like I, I, I thought you were going to say when he was hiding in the closet with the stuffed animals. And I was like, what was so terrifying about that? Well, no, there's. I, I want to say it was that part. Was he in the closet with like, clothes cover? And he looks, I can't remember exactly. But it was a part where he was hiding and he screamed at Elliot and they screamed together. And I was just, I was 
like maybe six, uh-huh. and it scared the crap out of me. But I'd seen Jurassic Park, so I have a weird brain, um, and that didn't scare me whatsoever. So ET, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I remember my parents telling me, uh, "We're gonna watch ET. You might want to leave the room." Oh no! And I would let go, and uh, I didn't watch it for years after. Me that. too. Years and years and years. Me like, too. Getting into my teens, I just haven't watched it again. Yes, I watched it recently. Now that I see it as an adult. I feel like I appreciate it a little bit more than I did as, uh, like, a kid because now I wasn't terrified of it. It made more sense, of I guess. Um, and just the, It was the know. shock factor that got me. And, and Spielberg was really great at bringing shock factor to quality mm-hmm. family films. Yes. It, it, it almost kind of like, he has a way of bridging you into scary uh, stories without taking you completely into one. And that's what was always good about him. You know, of course, he had Jaws and Close Encounters, and he's he did Jurassic Park. So he had a way to kind of bridge these terrors into family films that make them relatable. Made them relatable and more adventurous, like getting stuck in a park with dinosaurs with your family. Alien, when that was done, which is your number two science fiction. Mm-hmm. So Gee, just, I wonder why. I wonder why. Uh-huh. Uh, no, Nothing the is iconic when the thing is coming out of the tummy at all. <laughs> oh, creepy uh, as all get out. Ian Holmes' head just laying there with all the liquid air. Like, blah, 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 blah. When I got to see Alien for the first time, I was just in awe of that picture because I was in my upper teens. I was not into horror as much as a kid. You know, things scare I mean, Of course, E.T. scared me, so of course I'm not going to watch horror movies. But Alien just really struck a nerve in me that kind of was like, maybe I'd like this stuff, but I was still anxious enough to not watch everything. But I, I you know, Alien holds a, a, a near and dear place in my heart. I actually consider it my favorite horror film, just because cause I grew up with science fiction as my probably my main base. So uh, to put Alien uh, in a proper place for favorites, I would have to give it the horror crown in my eye. The horror genre. The horror genre. It's creepy. It was so creepy. And the xenomorph kind of creeping through the tunnels and I was like oh, that's the part I want to see the most I don't get to hear it. but you'd hear like the smoke when you're going through the back tunnels I'm not ruining anything of course because the ride is no longer in existence but I can we... tell you there was times that that cast members would tell me they would be terrified of that scene and they would literally hide in the vehicle because they did they would not, duck down they did not want to see the alien come down <laughs> from the ceiling and I was like it's not real it's... like what are you doing here I and, mean... it, and it's coming at you like it's so cheesy because it's like on a spring it's yes. like ha ha yes. I gotcha yeah. ah. Yes. <laughs> it's not even. Yes. Oh man, it's the side one that was more scary than the top one. It was really. very unpredictable. You especially, didn't know. especially you're in the second car. Well, you also didn't know if it was actually going to work or not. That's... So you know that was <laughs> that was the bigger thing. It was like, is it going to come out and play today, or is it just going to like hang out? Or if it was working, it would partially work. And... Which is which is funny because it's it's very similar to the the scene when she's escaping when she gets on the ship and she's off on her own. And then all of a sudden, he's in the wires. Mm-hmm. And when I, I remember seeing that part for the first time, because he blends in. They purposely had him blend in. And then you see the movement, his entire self, like, caught in the side of the ship. And as he's, like, starting to come out, you're like, oh, my God, here we go. What's going to happen? The terror of, ah. two of the two of them being stuck on this little ship together. But, no, E.T., oh, E.T. is so great. And my wife and I recently watched it. We had a little Reese's Pieces party. And, and watch the movie. I, I love E.T. so much. And so, the, so to come from being terrified of as a child 
to it being a beloved film of my adulthood is doing good, I guess. It stood the test of time. Of course. And, and even this Christmas when they had the commercial with E.T. Oh, yes! And they, Elliot came back yes! and did the commercial. Oh, my oh. God. It was all the feels. I had all the feels it watching It really was. That. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. Well, we're, we're uh, still being uh, driven around by a crazy lady in her undergarments. Yes. And we're coming into, and, and you said you like the newer one more, but the, the original was with Michael Caine in 1969. Donald Sutherland and Mark Wahlberg did the remake in 2003 of The Italian Job. Yes. For action and adventure. Yes. What about the newer one, I guess, more than... Have you seen both, or...? I've seen both. You've seen both. Yes. So the newer one, what I like about it... What could you put in the ride? I feel like (laughs) you could easily put the car chase in there, because, I mean, we have just stolen a car, so it works out. Maybe get a faster car. I don't know. Um, But I feel like the scene that would be, like, would fit perfectly in the ride, because it's kind of similar to... Um, the Indiana Jones scene is the scene where literally they blow the bank or they blow the whole vehicle mm-hmm. from underneath the the roadway down into like the subway tunnel and then had the, the armored car truck with them working on getting the armored cars locked bank open. I think that would be So pretty, the heist. Yes, the heist portion of it. That, that would be I, interesting. I feel like that would be very Come through good. and a car just drops through a hole. Yes. <laughs> you have, to, yes. have to have some really heavy pulleys to be able to bring it back yes. up for the next Or, drop. I mean, it already could be down on the ground. Yeah, it might and be then, like a, a brief, like, yes. in-momentum drop. Yes. So, I think that would be... A good scene to put in there or just having the numbers to the dial and then her getting it open and you seeing the gold, you know. There's a lot of good, there's a lot of good scenes. And I've only seen that one once and I've never seen the classic. Yes. And it was good from what I remember and I I haven't, like I said, I haven't seen it enough to like give it a, a proper grading and it's been years. I want to say I was in my teens or early 20s when it came out. It was a decent film for what I remember. You've got a great... I'm actually going to dive into your action adventure list because they are... This is a wonderful list. You have Raiders of the Lost Ark, of course, next. So you've got Indy still. National Treasure Yes. was a movie that I loved growing up. And, I'm uh, still waiting on the third one. Uh, Where we'll, is the third maybe one? Maybe we'll get one. Yes. Uh, the Thomas Crown Affair, which that Love was it. a remake too, right? Yes. Do you like the original or the remake more? Um, I like the... The newer one with Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan. and Renee Russo. I love, like, I guess they're, yes, they're sort of caper films along the lines of where there's a sense of, like, the good guy, but he's doing bad things, but you know he's a really good person at the same time. So maybe it's just me in another life, you know, my bandit days of wanting to steal things. I don't know. <laughs> like it could Aspirations it, of what could have been yes, if the ride exactly, was still here. Exactly. I could have been a great thief in, in another life. I don't know, but that's why, like, all of these movies that I like, they're stealing things. Have you noticed a pattern here? Like, this is true. Yes. yes. Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, I mean, and, and Red, of course, is, is, is... It's not really stealing. It's like they're hiding something. Yes. He's trying to... He's trying to hide while hiding his girlfriend or whatever. Yes. I haven't well, seen Red in a while. Is the, he's the secret. He's yeah. the one that knows everything. Exactly. And so, that was yes. a great cast, too, with Red. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Willis and John Malkovich and uh, Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren. Uh, Helen Mirren was in it. Yeah. And then... Um, the Girl from Weeds. I can't yes. remember her name off the top of my head. Uh, Mary Louise Parker. Mary Louise Parker, yeah. Yes. Great film. Very comedic, too. I yes. love the comedic film. John Malkovich is hilarious. He is. That and that was based on a, a graphic novel, too. I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Very good book. I've read it once. But no, that action adventure list, that is so good. And you're right. I'm going to find your name in the paper soon, probably. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, so we're, we're. I look like a good girl, but who knows? Maybe underneath, like I'm doing some like shady things over maybe. here. Maybe. So. Now, what's great is we're gonna lose our uh, our dame and her uh, undergarments yes. to the birds. Oh my god, the birds! Uh, so I have never seen the birds. It's creepy. That's all. I, I have say. seen like clips and bits, like in montages, or like I've watched documentaries on film, and the so birds the class- have come up. The classic one where she's running from mm-hmm. the birds. That's yes. like the most like stuck in my head moment that I remember of yes. the, the bits I've of, seen. The thought of the birds still terrifies me because, the, I mean, obviously the whole concept of it is that the birds have now decided that they are going to pretty much turn against the human population. And there are hundreds upon thousands upon millions of birds in this world. And to think that they could like form a legion and just wipe out everybody is terrifying to me. We can have them uh, take our current driver and whisk her away, I guess you could say. There'd be some way to do it. And then, of Well, course there's a our... scene in the birds. Oh, yeah. yeah so you've so, seen it. I have it, so. Yes, there's a scene in the birds where literally they try to box up all the windows to keep the birds out of the house because they're trying to attack the people. And they're not smart enough because they don't do the chimney. Oh! So the birds come oh, down the chimney. Cool. And they come out, and I think that would be the perfect way for them to get our lady in her undergarments. So you could have them like kind of near the chimney. All of a sudden, birds. Yes. And then instead of going gone. for that Anubis jewel, maybe she's going to warm up because she's cold in her undergarments. That's- that fits. Um, yeah. I love how this is coming together. Yes. It's such so, so good. We're gonna go around the corner too, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up another one on your list too because I just love this movie so much. I saw it for the first time within the past couple of months. I think we watched it around Halloween. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on older horror films because my wife is a huge horror nut. Okay. And I wasn't growing up, so this has been kind of a chance. Uh, something for me and my wife to bond with is horror All right. films, and she's got me into a lot of weird ones. I've always been a fan of Dracula, but I'd never seen. Bram Stoker's Dracula, and yes. that's your number two. Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, Richard E. Grant's in it, which he looks very young. You know, I, I watched this movie, and I was like, that's him? Um, Billy Campbell, who's in my favorite movie of all time, The Rocketeer, uh-huh. was in this. And I was like, oh, he did more than just The Rocketeer. Great. I forgot about that. It's yep. been a long time since I've Great seen Great cast, that. and I don't know if I've said Winona Ryder, but she's in it. Uh, yes. Of course, Gary Oldman and Anthony uh, Anthony Hopkins plays the great Van Helsing and uh, is trying to hunt down Gary Oldman's Dracula. Yes. So it was a, that was a fantastic film. And I think that would fit perfectly in the ride, that, too. That nice little corner moment. Mm-hmm. And you can have kind of Gary Oldman like kind of looking at you like... Yes. Or him like laying out on a table like you know he does in the movie. I mean, something... And then he just like wakes up and he comes up. Like, that would be creepy as all get out. Francis Ford Coppola really captured the erotic nature of vampires in that film. And that's what I think stuck out to me. Because it didn't just have that... The gothic, dark, and you know, creature of the night feel. It also had the the sexual nature that, you know, the stories of Dracula and the vampires have gone throughout the ages. It was such a good movie, and I loved the score too. Uh, I kind of forgot who did it, but I, I was I remember being taken by the score when I was watching. I actually like listened to it in the car for a few days after seeing it. I loved it so much, but it was a great film. Yes. And uh, no, that would be a good one with him on the table, kind of coming up at you like that. Yes. So we're going to go into drama. Ooh, I'm all about the drama. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I remember the bagpipes. Ah. And the battle's about to go down. Yes. And William Wallace 
So many ep- epic speeches in that movie. So, yeah. Yes. And uh, Braveheart. Yes. I remember my dad loving this film when I was when I was a kid. And, of course, I got to see it eventually. He always uh, made fun of the guy who uh, hiked his kilt up and showed his, his, be- his better side. Um, yes. And <laughs> my dad was a weirdo and just, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> so dumb. I, re- I remember seeing this movie for the first time. And it's been a long time, so... Uh, my, my memory is off a little. But it was just so epic. And yes. It's a long movie, don't get me wrong. It is. It is but a long But at the same movie. time, even though it's long, it's a very well-written story. It's not something that you feel like drags because you're literally, like, hooked from the moment it starts all the way until it's pretty much ending where, you know, Robert the Bruce goes ahead and, and carries out... Um, you know, William Wallace's legacy, you know? And, of course, this is about his fight against King Edward I of England. The film was in 95, and Gibson, who actually starred as William Wallace, directed it, and he's gone on to do great ones. And, of course, The Passion of the Christ is a huge movie. I loved his most recent one, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, that was amazing. Jesus, that was that With film. Andrew Garfield. I was so Did impressed I... by his performance in that film. Yes. Uh, like, you come from him being Spider-Man, this nerdy, dorky kid. It's almost like uh, the kid that played Percy Jackson went and did the, the Tank movie with Brad Pitt Fury. So to see him from being Percy Jackson to being this war-torn soldier who's coming into his own adulthood. A different dimension. Exactly. So watching Andrew Garfield being Spider-Man and this dorky, nerdy science geek who climbs buildings and swings around and saves people to being this, I won't use guns. Yes. And goes and saves people. So I guess it's the kind of same mentality, just in a different yes. era. It was a story that definitely needed to be told, so I was glad that he, he made it because... You know, here was a man that had never really received, I, I feel like, proper recognition for what he had done up on that on that ridge. You and know I, what I mean? Yeah, of course. And I grew up with war movies. I was a huge fan of war films. My my grandfather was in World War II, so I, anytime I got to see that era, it was like I got to see things through his eyes almost. When he was still around, and even to this day, I know he's not around anymore, but it kind of like brings up memories of talking to him about stories in World War II with that. Your second drama, too, I'm going to bring this one up because it is a huge favorite of mine. And to this day, I still can't tell if it's a dream or if it's real. What isn't? What is? Christopher Nolan's Inception that came oh out in God, 2010 was, oh. is such a wonderful film yes. that I saw it in IMAX when it came out. Oh, that and it wasn't. Amazing. It was. It was in Georgia. I was living in Georgia still in Atlanta, and I got to see it at the Mall of Georgia Regal Theater, and it was the largest IMAX screen in Georgia. It was just what's great about Inception is so immersive. Yes. Because of the dream sequences. Hello, the dream, Dexter the dream is back. Within the dream, within the dream. But watching that on this ginormous IMAX screen was just an experience that Christopher Nolan is huge on on the theatric experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, his new movie, Tenet, coming out, it hit the internet. The trailer, the first trailer hit the internet like a couple of weeks ago. The trailers have been in the theaters for two to three months. The first trailer came out with Hobbs and Shaw. He wanted to make sure that his film and and the marketing for it, at first, was only seen with the theatrical experience. There's a a bit of the film, I think, playing with the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker and IMAX only, that he's trying to bring you in through the cinematic experience. He is huge on theater going and experiencing his films and all films at the movies. And that's what I appreciate about him as a filmmaker. He's not about the gimmicks. Gimmicks can be good in certain movies, but he is not about the gimmicks. He is not about streaming, which 
streaming's great. I'm lazy. I, you know, don't like to go out all the time. Stay home and watch a movie. Great, great thing. But he is all about going into the theater and, and being in the auditorium and being there amongst this group of people who share something special. And, the immersive and the, the immersion of the storytelling and the experience that you're about to have together in his mind. He is one of my favorite directors of all time. I agree. I and love I, he is, And in the Batman movies he did were great, mm-hmm. even though The Dark Knight Rises wasn't as great as we were hoping. That kind of happened because of certain events that took place in the real world that we had to figure out a way around. Overall, I mean, The, the Prestige is such a great film. Yes. Uh, Dunkirk, I got to see in 70mm, and I was in heaven with that film. It was a cinematic marvel, in my opinion. Interstellar is one of my favorite space movies of all time. He just, he has these visions and just takes you to these places. You feel like you're there. Yeah. And every single one of his pictures. And, of course, he's had great scoremanship with his, the soundtracks involved. Hans Zimmer has been on plenty of his movies. That's one of my favorite soundtracks because it's so epic. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's I... so, like, it's, here you're in this very intense film, like, and, and the music just ties it because you're literally just on the edge of your seat as to, like, what's coming next? Like, how is he going to tie it in deeper, you know? And the music just, it it adds so much quality to it, you know? I, I agree. I actually own quite a few soundtrack. I, I'm a huge soundtrack nut. Mm-hmm. I don't think you and I have talked about this. But I'm a huge soundtrack. I, ho- I own a large collection of vinyl records, and I want to say 50 to 60% of them are soundtracks. And I do have the Inception soundtrack on vinyl. It is a clear see-through variant edition that I found somehow. I love that score so much. And and the song at the end, too, Time, when uh, he's... If you haven't seen Inception by now, I know we've been trying to avoid spoiling movies for you, but if you haven't seen this movie, shame on you. I'm spoiling it. it. They complete the task. Uh, Leo's character is free from... I'm not going to get into the huge story, but he's free from... He was he was blamed for a, a crime that may or may not have been his fault. And he's free from it because he completed this task, and he's coming through the airport, and they're letting him through with his passport, and he's like, we did it. And this song, just the emotion that... You know, Leo's been trying to, to... It's like a weight off his shoulder. Exactly, exactly. And, 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 and the song's called Time, and it's almost like the time spent is the weight off his shoulder, and it just it feels like all the stress coming off of him and he's free yes it's a song of freedom but is it (laughs) and that is what is so good about it is is the last scene of the movie he's free but is he yes is just oh my god i have an idea for what scene needs to go and move your eye from inception i think it's the uh the the moment where he's discussing what inception is to um ariadne i forgot the actress's name Ellen Page. So he's explaining how everything works to her uh-huh. and the dream sequences. And so they're sitting at the little Italian cafe and all the things are popping out. It's a great, I, I think it would be a great moment to kind of take place. I wouldn't say of Casablanca, but, you know, they're having the conversation. It's very iconic. Anytime you watch or there's a clip of an Inception, that happens to be one of the more iconic bits. Because, you know, they're sitting there and all these things are just exploding around them. Yes. And, like, it's not like nothing is happening. Exactly. To yes. them, to them, it's just 
in their mind. Yes. It's, it's such a good... I mean, that would be my... I, I don't know if you share that or not, but... The only other one I could think of is literally... Uh, I think the scene that is most iconic to me in that movie, because I had never seen anything else in another film like that, is uh, the scene where they are literally breaking, I guess, when it comes to dimensions. So they're walking on the buildings. That scene so where the buildings are turning, and they're literally, like, walking down the side of a building or up a building and just seeing that that scene there was like what the heck like, I remember I remember watching the behind the scenes of the the sequence in the the hotel when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is fighting the goons in the hallway and like the hallway it's this rotating it's hallway shifting yes and they're they're on they're on wires and they're running around and doing the sequences chore- uh, choreographed while while the tunnel while the, the hotel hall is is moving and I was like, this is so great! I, know. I loved it and no, no one no one is a mastermind. I swear very to God. Well. Oh, I love Inception. We could go on for hours about that movie, mm-hmm. but we need to move on to our animated area, which Brad Bird has done incredible things for film, both animated and live action. I love his Mission Impossible movie, and Michael Giacchino's score is phenomenal. The Incredibles. Oh my God, I love it. I love the it. The Incredibles is such One a great movie. And then finally, they gave me a sequel that I've been waiting years and years and years for, and the sequel, just as good as the first one. I agree so. completely. That movie was great. I didn't get to ride the Incredicoaster until recently, and that was... Very well themed. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Num Num Cookie. Yes. <laughs> Num Num Cookies. Yes. So, no, Incredibles is great, and... Uh, I, I am a huge fan of that because it was, I want to say it was one of the first times uh, Disney Disney brought the superhero a- uh, aspect to animation. Yes. And yes. of course with Pixar's help. I, I just remember seeing it and, and being like, this was, it was action packed, great story, great heart. Yes. Um, and I mean, the whole concept of that people wouldn't like superheroes was just mind-boggling. It's because like Disney's version of Watchmen, almost. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see that. But, like, here, every other movie that we've ever seen, all the Marvel movies, you know, um, they've always been, like, the good guy, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's never really showed, um, I guess, the the destruction that the good guys do sometimes. Exactly. And that's what you kind of get in The Incredibles is, like, Look at these problems I have to clean up for you, you know, because you are making a mess because... Tax you... dollars at work. Exactly. Thanks, man. Exactly. And so yeah. you're kind of like, oh, you see the other side. Yeah, they're doing all these great things and they're, you know, catching robbers and all that. But also, like, at what cost are they doing that? Because now you've blown up a building in the process and you've cost us how much money? So... Very interesting. And the whole idea of a superhero witness protection program just is hilarious in my opinion. So, Do you have a specific scene off the top of your head that would be your moment? <laughs> this sounds weird, but at the uh, end when Jack-Jack uh, is the babysitter, like yeah. the mom is calling the babysitter and she's like, Jack-Jack is doing some really weird things and I don't know. And then, um, like, you see the scene where literally he's doing all these crazy little little <laughs> antics and you're realizing that Jack-Jack has powers. Yeah. is quite hysterical because you obviously go on to learn these things in the second movie. Which was the funniest, yes. the funniest scene in the second one was Agreed. him and the raccoon. Yes! <laughs> did you watch the extras at the end of the film? Yes, I did. So yes, you I know did. the story behind the raccoon then? Uh-huh. Oh, that's... that's. We have think... to save it for the, the listeners, but I yes. I loved when he's... 
when he's tied up in the chair and just goes ablaze uh-huh. like human torch and the raccoon's like oh crap <gasps> I'm in trouble yes. <laughs> that moment I yes. cried yes. laughing it was so well done and and, yes. and and the wait was worth it for Incredibles 2 and I a uh, wonderful piece of animated film yes. that I hopefully uh, they make a third now oh man I, I, yeah let's let's bring in more superheroes yes. like they did with the second one I was exactly. happy they did that too yes. so we're uh, we're going into what would be Wizard of Oz but again comedy isn't really something the ride uh, brought the light uh, it was it was featured a lot of finale and it was uh, uh, some undertones of some of the other places on the ride so I wanted I wanted to capture it and what better place to come in to where Wizard of Oz would be and laugh up a storm Mm-hmm. In my opinion, your favorite comedy is "It's Complicated," which I have not seen. I don't know if that one would actually fit in the ride. I don't think so either, because that's the what Meryl Streep from two thousand nine. Yeah, Steve Martin. It's Meryl Streep, Steve uh, Meryl Streep, Steve Martin, and it's got Alec Baldwin in it. I would so. uh, of your list here because you've got "While You Were Sleeping," "Pretty Woman," which I have seen, "Wedding Crashers." Yes, it would be a little inappropriate, but uh, weddings are, are huge events. Uh-huh. So the Wizard of Oz feeling like an event scene. Yes, it could go well, and, and you could even kind of capture uh, Tootsie because I believe there was a part in finale. Yes, the scene where she's from walking in her. Her, mm-hmm. um, or he's walking in his drag costume, I guess you could say. But and, yes. and so either either way you have it, you could you could put something there. But it, it is a really... I just wanted to capture comedy because yes. I'm a huge comedy fan. I, yes. I love laughing. I have the most ridiculous laugh and I just... I love it. And Dexter is in the background whining because he knows my laugh is horrible. Even if we don't have a spot to put on the ride, I do want to visit some of your comedic tastes. So it's complicated. I've never seen it. What is it about that film that just is your favorite? Um, well, it's by this director slash writer. Her name is Nancy Myers. And mm-hmm. She's done a lot of films, um, and she just has a good sense of humor. She's done The Intern, which has um, Robert De Niro, and it has Anne Hathaway in it. Kind of, I guess, people at their... The best way to describe it is people, older generation, like... At a second chance, you know what I mean? Um, kind of in the second stage of their life. That's how the intern is, is Robert De Niro's wife has passed away and he is now going out and, and getting a job again. And he becomes an intern at Anne Hathaway's company. This movie itself is, it's complicated, is uh, kind of Meryl Streep. Um, in the second portion of her life, you know, she's a divorcee and Alec Baldwin is her ex-husband and her kind of trying to figure out, like, what the second portion of her life is going to be, you know, as a divorcee and uh, kind of the comedy and comical situation she gets into. <laughs> so, yes. I've, uh, I've heard of it. I've just, I've never seen it. Like I said, I was going through your list. I have seen Pretty Women. I have uh-huh. seen Wedding Crashers and Tootsie a long time ago. It's been a long time since I've seen that one too, but, uh, but it's I still love, pretty iconic. I, I love Wedding Crashers so much. It's so ridiculous. It's so obnoxious. Uh, Will Ferrell's cameo. If you haven't seen it, again, I'm ruining it, even though I said I won't. Uh-huh. Uh, Ma, the meatloaf! There's so many quotable lines from there that There is. Movie. There is. But so. I, that's 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 the one that sticks out to me the most. And and Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson's chemistry together is, is bar none. And yes. So, they were so great together. Yes. Very much. I, so. I I love those two. And Vince Vaughn, uh, him and when John Favreau did Swingers, and Vince Vaughn was in uh, Hacksaw Ridge. We were talking about that earlier too. I forgot he was one of the sergeants or officers. Yes. To, uh, Very Burgess. different side uh, of him. He does he, dramas sometimes, which is great. But uh, I I've always loved his because he's so quick witted with his delivery. Yes. And he's on it and on it and on it 
and I, I just love him as an actor. He can come off annoying and boastful, but I feel that it's just, he's just, he's quick-witted. Yes. And I love that about him a lot. Of course, almost, wow. <laughs> Wow, wow. One of my favorite comedies and favorite movies is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Which is a I've Wes never Anderson. seen that one. Oh my gosh. A great film. Uh, Wes Anderson directed it. Bill Murray is Steve Zizou. And he finds out that he has a son that uh, is Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson was such a great actor in that film. And I, I love the movie overall. The, the ensemble is wonderful. You have um, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is great. Angelica Houston is Bill Murray's wife, who the entire movie is... It's like they're not together, but they are, and the whole time she's like, I'm gonna leave you, but she doesn't, but she does. And there's just so many different things going on. Kate Blanchett's in it. I love her. She's my favorite actress of all time. This is a wonderful piece of humor. If you're a fan of Wes Anderson's movies, I highly recommend. I grew up loving that film, just because Bill Murray... His character of Steve Zizou really, I don't know, set the tone for me of, like, my comedic taste. Like, my, my style of, of humor and what I, what I like in, uh, in, in comedy, I think. And it was, a, it was a fantastic film. I think it came out the year I graduated high school, and I watched it. They, his crew, um, they have, like, a boat, and his own boat crew. They all had, like, the red hats and track suits, and they all match, and... I think I immediately was like trying to find the hat because I knew I couldn't afford the you had to, you had to I wanted in. to be part of the Zizu crew, exactly. It's a costume I definitely still want to do for Halloween someday. So maybe maybe when I get a little more gray and older, I can pull off the Bill Murray aspect and be Steve Zizu. It would be great. Well, um, I wanted to thank you for coming on and being a guest. And it was so great working movie ride with you. And the fact that we get to revisit something that, if it wasn't for it, you and I would never have met. Exactly. And so, a passion of both of ours. Exactly. It's so great to have you on. And we're going to have you on another episode here soon. And we're going to talk about some, uh, some favorites, films that have inspired you that may not be like your favorites. Film scores, directors, things you haven't seen, what your list, some of them I have. And I, I'm not Do you gonna, agree with me? I, Is it possible? There are movies that you need to see on that list. So I am very excited to talk to you about those. Okay. All right. And yeah, so thank you for listening to The Great Movie Radio Show. And we will see you all soon. The Great Movie Radio Show is recorded in Orlando, Florida. You can visit our website at www.thegmrshow.com. Art direction and logo design provided by Mr. Bayless. Voiceover and intro work provided by Dave Feske and Joe Erickson. You can find our podcast on multiple platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and many more. Music provided by the YouTube Audio Library. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search The Great Movie Radio Show or The GMR Show. This has been The Great Movie Radio Show. We hope you enjoy your day, and we'll see you at the movies, the stuff dreams are made of. Goodbye, everyone. You have been listening to a WGMR radio production.